amazing. So now let's go into uh, an example and a subject that I really much love that is also very much about memory and it's about food and sound. And I have for a long time followed uh, uh, the experiments of your friend and research colleague, uh, Charles Spence who is an experimental right. psychologist at the University of Oxford. And I'm very surprised because now I'm honored to sit with his other half. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't think you could call me Charles's other half. Uh, he, <laughs> Charles eclipses me. I am just happy to be a small little satellite in the orbit of Charles Spence. True, um, but at the same time, I've, I've read your articles uh, and, and knowing that you were at least a part of them because you two have done a lot of articles. Yeah. Yes, we have. We've done quite a bit of research together. So please, uh, how did you guys meet and educate us about the finding, your findings and how sound affects perception of our taste? So uh, I'm going to run you through this uh, fairly quickly, but it'll give you some good insights into not only some of these concepts, but how to practically apply them. And there's some of the things that we've talked about already. Uh, and this is a case study um, that we did for um, one of our brands, um, Propel. And Propel wanted to do something interesting um, at a uh, experiential activation. They were doing um, a fitness day um, in Los Angeles. And so they wanted to bring sound into the picture in a very unique way with their product. So I'll probably start this journey by talking a little bit about the sound science. Um, you know, you're, you're actually looking at three people who have been uh, uh, profoundly influential uh, in my life in this area. One is Charles, who's on the top <laughs> with, with the Apple, um, who is the uh, guru of cross-modalism. And cross-modal science is basically uh, the idea that all of our senses work together. You know, we talked about how, um, you know, we hear things, our, reflex, uh, our reflexes respond to sound much faster than to sight. Uh, that means sound can kind of get into our brain and set the stage for our other senses. And that's what cross-modalism is all about. Uh, some people are familiar with the term synesthesia, where there are actually individuals who have uh, had their senses cross-wired. So if they hear a sound, they don't just hear it, they literally might smell it. Mm. Or there may be a color that they see associated with it. Um, and what Charles's research has done is has shown us that this is kind of a natural phenomenon that occurs in some ways for, for all of us. I'm gonna give you an example of that in just a second, but before I move on, uh, just point out a couple of other folks here. Uh, Janice Wang, who's now um, a professor. She went through Charles's PhD program uh, at the Crossmodal Research Laboratory in Oxford. She's now teaching in the Department of Food Science at Aarhus University in Denmark. Um, I just did a conference that Janice put on yesterday on rethinking eating. Um, in a virtual world and talking about immersive experiences. And then the other handsome gentleman uh, is uh, Yosef Youssef, who's the uh, owner chef of Kitchen Theory, uh, which is a multi-sensory uh, kitchen laboratory, if you will. And I've worked uh, with Joseph a lot on coming up with brand experiences and actually designing sonic experiences that are part of his multi-sensory chef's table where you can have a multi-course meal uh, from a sensory perspective. And so these are all partners uh, uh, and collaborators in this world of gastrophysics, which is basically kind of this combination of gastronomy, which is the art of the table, with psychophysics, which is the psychological 
psychological study of how sound, uh, of how our um, senses influence our perception of the world around us. So let's talk about uh, just this, this cross-modalism. I'm going to give you a quick example here to show you how this works. You're looking at two um, designs. Uh, one on the top with uh, these sharp edges, one on the bottom with rounded edges. And if I were to say to you, one of these designs is a booba, and one of these designs is a kiki, which is which? Uh, you know, the general population will make this association. Uh, and we have fun discussions around, well, why is that? Did you study booba kiki design? Well, no. <laughs> well, how did you know? Well, well, look at it. I mean, you know, the, the edges around booba, it, it, it sounds round. I mean, and the, even the shape of those letters is kind of round and kiki. It's very sharp and it sits differently in my mouth. And so this is a way that, you know, basically our brain is, you know, trying to make a, a congruent experience for us. And we tend to prefer experiences that are congruent. Now we can change these things up. I can, you know, give you a piece of, of uh, lime jello and you pop it in your mouth and instead of tasting lime or citrus, you taste chicken or liver. Uh, and that's going to grab your attention. You may not actually enjoy it, but I've got your attention for a moment. So brands can play with these sensory hacks to get attention, but ultimately you want them to be congruent experiences. And when we know how this works, we can start hacking senses. So I could say, would you rather have a chocolate that's booba or a chocolate that's kiki? <laughs> Well, now you're starting to think about how that chocolate tastes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we've done ex uh, experiments where we can actually change the taste of the chocolate, the same chocolate, by changing the soundscape. And so that's what we wanted to do with Propel. So when we looked at Propel, we looked at two different flavor profiles. So one of the things that you taste in Propel is fruit which kind of translates more as a flavor of sweetness. Another thing that you can taste are electrolytes. The electrolytes are there because it's a, a drink for uh, fitness buffs uh, and it replaces the, the sodium, the salt uh, that you're losing as you're working out. So there's this idea of the sodium. So that's what we wanted to look at, sweet and salty. So how could we find the sonic seasonings that, that match these? Well, we know already, you're, you're seeing here on your screen, uh, what some of the sonic seasonings are for bitterness or, or sourness or sweetness. So we wanted to explore saltiness. And we set up a whole experiment where we played all kinds of different um, sounds, different pitches, different tempos, harmonies, attack, decay. And basically just we're asking people, um, you know, which of these sounds more salty? to you and looking for correlations. Mm -hmm. And once we did that uh, with our sample, uh, then the next piece was to create a soundscape. So we created two different soundscapes. We set up a lab in Oakland here in, in uh, California, where we then brought people in to taste Propel while listening to different soundscapes. And ultimately we discovered a soundscape that we built for saltiness or sodium, a soundscape we built for sweetness. You should be hearing this. This is our salty soundscape. There's a little distortion. 
there's these odd little sounds that might almost sound like oh. a salt shaker, <laughs> the rhythm, you know, and then our, our sweet soundscape. You'll hear here higher pitches, little tinkling sounds. If I were to ask you to describe that, you might even sound, oh, that, that sounds sweet. Sounds orange. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We could make it sound we could make it sound more lemon by putting a little bit more dissonance in there. So we know how to how to shape yeah. these things. Yeah. So the next thing that we did for the experience was we created what we called the Flavor DJ app. And you see there's a fader on there. Mm. Um, we put the soundscapes into this and then we played with another sensory hack, which was a hack for um, uh, a visual hack. So when people moved the fader over to the sweet side, we saturated the colors because these bright colors would communicate, you know, a congruency with fruit. And when we moved over to the electrolyte side, we desaturated the colors. So now kind of moving more towards white, which you again, just might naturally associate with salt. And so we put all of this together into an app that we could load onto an iPad. And consumers at this event could drink Propel and move the fader. Now you're hearing the salty sodium soundscape. The colors are desaturated. We made them to work together. So now we move over to the other side, kind of a seamless fade. Here's your sweet, and you can see the colors changing there. So we set these up uh, at the event in, in kiosks, and just here's some, some photos of people going up, putting on the headphones, they're drinking Propel, they're playing with the flavor, you see their eyes get really wide and they're like, what's this magic that you're working here? You know, it's the same bottle that I'm drinking out of, but this is... Wow. It, it tastes really sweet here. It doesn't taste as sweet here. Um, if, if people were a super taster where they really um, could taste uh, salt, they tend to describe the taste as more salty. Most people um, that weren't super tasters, though, just really noticed that we had shifted the amount of, of sweetness. So here's a practical example um, of, you know, using sound uh, and cross-modal science, developing an experience, um, and you know, and if a it brand a way to an event, yes. like showcase yeah. it into an app to an event, and right. And, and I believe a lot of you know, with stores, it's going to be showrooms that people sure. think about. This this is really a, a gamification experience. I would yes. say to me, like it, right. it really it makes me remember. It's fun. It's enjoyable. And and these are the things that brands should think about. And then add the sound to it. I mean, right. I, yeah. I if you have a retail a retail <laughs> environment where there are um, you know different. Uh, things that you're shopping for. Yeah. Let's say you're in a furniture store, maybe one side, here's the kids furniture. Yeah. Uh, here's a side where it's just mattresses for beds. Um, here's your uh, furniture that's geared towards this style or that style. You know, you can create different zones. Yes. You can change the sonic experience. Um, you know, some places you can use sound curtains, whereas you walk through, there's some white noise that separates the area. This is what they do in the Disney theme parks. Yeah. When, yeah. when you go, notice that very often there are fountains. Yeah. And what are these fountains designed to do? 
create white noise mm -hmm. so that you have more of an experience as you move through the different worlds to hear the different sounds that are just playing in the environment. So.